And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. Hello, Chris. Welcome back to another week of the Fight Fit Show. How are you, Pat? I'm good. How are you? Very, very good. Are you excited for the wedding? Big wedding happening out on Saturday. Yes, I am. I've got my uh, suit fitted and all. Can't wait. It's, just so you know, guys, it's not mine and Chris's wedding. We're not marrying each other. It's Jenny and Stephen's wedding on Saturday, if you're not aware. So, for any Fight and Fit members who are listening to this podcast, before next week, all right, we will have no sessions on Monday. Monday coming. What day will that be? Uh, 29th. Too much pressure. Peace. Feel free to comment there in with the date if you have it. So, I got it right. The wet, the, there you go. Fair play to you. So, the wedding is this Saturday, and then the following Monday, there'll be no class, but we are hosting the class on both this Wednesday coming. So, hopefully, you guys have already done your Wednesday session. And then the next Wednesday, the wedding fo- the Wednesday following the wedding, well, then we will have another session then just to make up for it. So, wedding of the century coming up. We're super, super excited, and it's going to be a good one. We're going to be absolutely bananas. And that is the plan for this weekend. Can't wait. Can't wait. Cool. Chris, do you have any updates on when the next testing cycle is? Any roundabout ideas? Or... Um, June. June. Every quarter uh, we should be testing. So June will be the next phase. Um, hopefully we'll have lots of newbies leveling up. Uh, I'm starting to see a lot of the people who came in for the last phase uh, really start to hit their stride. And I think there's going to be a lot more blues uh, after this testing phase. Yeah, for sure. And I know, you know, it's such a such a great time here in the gym. Definitely a great atmosphere. And a lot, a lot of people have vendettas against the test of betting the last time. And so really, really nice if you came close the last time. But this is the one. Generally, one or two things happens during a testing cycle. You'll either, well, <laughs> maybe a few things that maybe you won't level up at all. Maybe you won't backwards. Maybe you're having a hard time booking for a goal review if that's you. All right. But generally what will happen is people will make some kind of move forward. They'll go from orange to you know orange two or orange one so they're getting halfway there you know they're nearly there the next testing cycle is crucial and forgetting that next color or even still signs to be a slow grind maybe orange three and you're very very close you're on the cusp but the big one for an awful lot of people who just joined the gym is they did make that big jump after doing the level method for the first time and then the other one is the people who just made it to the cusp the last time we're going to make that big color change that's really really exciting so june guys june it's coming up get excited get prepared Get your nutrition in order. Get your goal reviews booked. Make sure you're doing your drills or whatever needed to give yourself the best possible chance. Chance. It's exciting. <laughs> uh, we also have the shutters working again. Yes, summer's here. The doors are up. And if we haven't already had it yet, you've got a new speaker, so those tunes are going to be absolutely blaring. <clears throat> We're going to be vibing this summer. That's going to be good. And we also have Helen back coming up this um, in June as well. Yeah, June tenth. That's exciting. Excited? Uh, I can't wait. I love having back. I was talking to two of the clients there last Friday. <clears throat> I explained to them they were really nervous about doing it, and I was like, "Look, guys, it's not that hard. There's lots of stopping, lots of starting. It's just a great day. It's long. It's fun. You're going to be uncomfortable, but when you finish, the pints are tasty." Listen, 
don't do Helen back in January. Just don't do Helen back in January, and Helen back is great crack. No, Helen back in January is terrible, and in October as well. It's really cold. They use ice water, uh, but in the summer, it's great crack because then the cold showers at the end are um, refreshing rather than painful. Yeah, like listen, don't get me wrong. If I was doing Helen back by myself and it was January or October, it wouldn't be so bad because if you're doing Helen back to do Helen back, you're doing it generally as a massive fitness challenge. January, October, don't you listen? It's gonna be it's gonna be very difficult mentally, emotionally, physically. It's gonna be hard. Whereas when you do it in the summer months, it's a lot more accessible to people who are just trying to do it to you know just challenge themselves, push the boat out a little bit. You know, they're they're new to fitness, they want to try something. You know, they're they're just you know quote unquote to keep fitter. You know, they're just trying to push the boat out a little bit without go getting sick afterwards or hurting themselves or going through a traumatic event of jumping into a lake that's you know nearly zero degrees and so really really exciting it's gonna be really really fun no reason to be too too afraid of helen back now coming in june and i, I think we're doing a big the... dive into the lake oh i wasn't even thinking about that i was just thinking there, there's a there's a image burned into my mind or experience burned into my mind of just a like a chest high lake what is it even a lake a pond i don't know what it is it's got a rope from one side to the other. And I remember getting in it in January and just the oxygen just shot out of my body. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, 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 there's actually one part. Then there's the, the electric fence part. There's the big wall. There's all the tires you have to jump over. There's loads. There's loads of cool stuff. There's even, is there a BB? There's a BB gun right where you have to run through a forest. You're getting shot by BBs. I don't think it's a BB. I think, te- I think it technically it's a Pelican. Airsoft. What's I think, B- I think, I think BBs, I think BBs metal. BB, BB's no joke. Like if you got a BB gun, it's like, like you're gonna you can do damage with a BB gun. Pelicans are airsoft, not so bad. Airsoft.ie, little plug there for our man Liam. You know, if you're looking for, if you're if you are looking to buy a Pelican, make sure you go to airsoft.ie. Um, so coming up, guys, on the show, we said we're gonna talk about bulking and cutting. And so essentially, what should you be doing? Should you be doing either one? So I would say 90% of people who sign up to Fight and Fit sign up with the intention of losing fat, right? And so what do you do post your fat loss phase? So let's say you were in the overweight category. You're now ideal, right? So not even just out of the overweight category. You're gone past it, you know, healthy into that middle spectrum where if you gain five or 10 pounds, you know, you're not really going to notice. You're not going to move into the overweight category. You're ideal, right? So let's say you're there now. Do you keep cutting, which is the instinct I find an awful lot of people have. Once they get as lean as they want to get, they just have the instinct to just keep getting leaner. It's like leaner is not always better, especially when you're a beginner in lifting weights. It's like really probably what you should be focusing on is now maintain the body fat percentage you have and focusing on packing on pounds of muscle. What do you think? Yeah, well, obviously it depends on your own goals and all that sort of stuff. But if your goal is to, let's say, just look a little bit more aesthetically pleasing, uh, usually broader shoulders, bigger chest, all that sort of stuff, a wider back, they're all things that help. And it's really hard to do that if you are in a deficit. Um, I'd say the first thing you should do is increase your calories. That will result in more energy uh, for your workouts, increase your carbohydrate intake. Right. Let's get just as specific as we can. So let's say for talk's sake, my maintenance is 2,000 calories. I was on a 1,500-calorie diet. I should increase my calories to what? 2,200. Cool. So just so a little bit small, about maintenance. Small surplus. Small surplus. It's not going to be loads. Um, 
time your carbohydrates like pre-workout uh, and post-workout for energy um, and then kill your, your workouts absolutely destroy them and uh, make sure that you are training as Greg just said says harder than last time okay so um, up my calories now trying to 100 should I up my protein to go with that Um, I don't think so I don't think you need to you kind of quote unquote you know uh, this imaginary role that I'm playing I was already eating a reasonable amount of protein. I was already eating like 140, 150. If you're grams. hitting 140, uh, 140 grams of protein, like you're good. You're good. Yeah. You don't like it, more protein isn't necessarily always better. Like you can if you want, but like all you got to do, you just make sure you have the stuff to build to repair yourself once you break your body down. That's all you really need to. Like 140 grams of protein is plenty. If you can eat that sustainably and train really, really hard, like I would say, if you're hitting your protein with that already, like the only increase you should really be getting is from carbohydrates like increased calories with carbohydrates maybe a little bit of fat but like and the carbohydrates i would use to fuel my workouts to help perform like if you do a workout carb depleted versus choke carb saturated there's a big difference in your energy and your performance and even just like mental energy and performance as well uh carbs help a lot when it comes to bodybuilding and trying to build muscle and improve performance so it can be done without it as well, but I just think if you're looking to get the best bang for your buck, increase your carbohydrates, and you get to eat lots of tasty food, the main game phase, I think, is the most enjoyable phase out of all the phases. Cutting is hard. Bulking is hard because you feel fat. Um, I would say you, you don't really want to bulk. You want to sort of main gain. Um, well, what what do you think the benefits are to a bulk? Um, like, you don't have to be as strict with your food. Um, you'll have more energy for your workouts. Uh, you get heavier, so, like, the heavier you are, like stuff will improve with like your bench, your squat, your deadlift, but stuff like your pull-ups won't improve. Um, not that they won't improve, they just you just have to move more weight. Um, so the bulk just ensures that you're in a calorie surplus. That's all. But um, it's not. If I, am, if I am, if I am bulking, if I'm actually bulking, how much weight should I gain a week? Oh God, um, like on, on quarter, average, like um, a quarter of a pound. And what, what about a main game phase? About a quarter of a pound. <laughs> so that, that can't be right. Yeah, no, they're they're like, so the whole point of the, like the main gain I think is a better substitute for a bulk. Like the the bulk just ensures that you're, you you have that um, extra calorie intake. That's all. And like Sorry, the bulk, I don't, I don't mean to put you in the spot, but if, I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm, yeah, but if I am bulking. Mm -hmm. So you, you, like you're of the opinion that you need to, like a bulk would be like a, like bear mode where you're basically just like eating like 800 900 calories above maintenance to no but no, no my point my point is just to try and um understand the difference between the calories i'm going to be taking in like for example what what would you obviously you would consider a main gain 200 calories as a surplus as opposed mm -hmm. to a bulk would be like 500 700 calories above maintenance because maybe, maybe like a half a pound a week then would be your weight gain as opposed to a quarter pound with a oh i'm um, sorry yeah in like um i thought you meant like lean mass uh no. like uh i would say i would say but in general if you gain uh if you eat 500 calories extra on top of your maintenance every single day uh, you'll gain roughly a pound a week if you eat a thousand you'll gain roughly two pounds if you eat a deficit of 500 you lose like that's it the 500 calorie mark yeah. is, is a general rule now nobody's a perfect system getting the calories just right is almost impossible um but 
as a guesstimation, it works. And uh, I think all, all, all my calculations that I'm uh, explaining now are based off that 500 calorie surplus or 500 calorie deficit model. Excellent. Yeah, really, really, really nice. And so let's say, obviously, I'm going into that main game phase. Obviously, that's massively dependent on the kind of training that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, let's say, I was doing fighting fit workouts and I'm a novice lifter, do you feel like I'd need any supple- supplementary lifting on top of that? Uh, if you're not, no, not if you're a novice lifter. But when you go from, like, novice to intermediate, um like our our sessions are really good for getting you strong and when you get strong you will build muscle and um, they're really good for getting you incredibly fit and incredibly robust um but it's not like you know like the bodybuilding training is a different style of training and if you're looking for the streamlined path like you should do a bodybuilding program if you're looking to like just put on as much muscle as possible but what i would say is you should what if i want to have it all so i want to i want all those benefits that fighting fit offers in terms of volume per week or in terms of extra sessions, maybe like I have a, a set of dumbbells or maybe I have a set of dumbbells and I have a bench at home or what, 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 what could I do? So like, would you... like it, it obviously depends on the, the equipment that you have. Like if you're limited to, to your equipment, I, I would recommend that you Joe, get a, a gym membership and you go to a gym where you've access to all the equipment so you can train different body parts and like lacking areas and all that jazz like um i remember designing programs for uh during the lockdown for bodybuilding and it's just like some of the movements are just awkward and like for workarounds they're not necessarily like ideal uh, for doing it but in saying that you can still progressively overload with them if um, let's, let's, yeah exactly yeah so the, the key the key really is obviously volume and progressive overload and so if I just have a set of dumbbells and a bench and a barbell at home, <clears throat> let's say all my weights top out at about 80 kg. On your barbell? Yeah. Yeah, well... Um, I guess it's pretty reasonable. Sure. That'd be pretty standard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure what you're asking. Me. It's like on top of the things, if they want to look better and feel better, um, like what would they have to do? Like, do you want me to write... Fire up a plan for them right now. Like, I'm saying, like, like briefly, I'll do it. Toxic, like I'm saying, the top, top, off the top of my head would be obviously again push, push, pull legs. You know, like I would be doing, you know, a bench press, tricep extension, squats. You know, I'd be doing, I'd be doing, um, I'd be doing bent over rows, I'd be doing bicep curls, and I'd be doing RDLs. You know, it's like just so first, uh, first thing what I would do, what I would get them to do is get the get one of the stupid cheap pull-up bar things that hang in your door from Amazon. Get one of them, 12-year-old to 20-year-old, whatever. If you want to pay big money for it, you can, but you don't have to. Um, they work. I would have my upper body pull done on that if I have the capacity to do one pull-up. Just one pull-up, I would do that. If I have the capacity to do isometric holds on it, I would have that in there as well. Um, there's also other stuff you can get for like uh, cable pull-downs and all that sort of stuff. They would be brilliant, but if you don't have access to that, the pull-up bar have to do your dumbbells you can do all your rows with your dumbbells you can do with barbells i don't really like i was practicing barbell rows or the pendley row last week i don't really like them um just because uh i don't feel as strong in them uh i prefer single arm dumbbell rows i prefer if i'm doing pulling motions to do one side at a time in general um but i would basically get them on a program where uh, they work all of the muscles that are like let's say aesthetic i wouldn't necessarily try and 
be trying to get them strong. I wouldn't be trying to build up their bench to be the biggest bench in the world. I wouldn't trying to be uh, building their squat up or their deadlift up. I would be trying to uh, optimize for time under tension um, and trying to incrementally increase volume over time. So I would get them doing dumbbell bench presses. I'd get them doing lateral raises. Um, I'd get them doing reverse flies. Um, I'd get them doing RDLs. Uh, I would get them doing single leg glute bridges. Um, and then yeah, I'd get so, them so, doing so stuff the key, like sissy squats. Yeah, so the key, the key is to hit, hit the specific muscle groups with extra volume that you <clears> want to grow. And so obviously yeah. you can kind of take that by case by case based depending on what yeah and all, all, all the compound stuff is basically covered in the in the fight and fit workouts so exactly that would be that would be one of the big ones that so like i would i would use it as an accessory rather exactly. than a, a core a core plan and that's probably why like if i was a coach or if i was listening to this conversation and thinking of what i was saying as a as a primary program it wouldn't really like i wouldn't say it's a very good primary program but as a supplementary program on top of the FF workouts, it'd be all the all the basic isolation movements and like focusing in on, on weak areas or lacking areas. And the lacking areas are usually rear delts um, and laterals, uh, lateral shoulders. Exactly. And that's my point. My point is that most people who are listening to this will probably find fit members. And so obviously, again, if you're at that point where you feel like you want to squeeze that little bit of an extra juice, it's like, what work can we get at home? And if money allows and time allows, obviously you can get yourself you know, great value out of a gym membership. That is exactly what it is. It's really, really good value for equipment rental. And so, you know, you can buy, yes, you can buy yourself a set of dumbbells or you can rent a gym for, <laughs> you know, 39 quid a month. What do you just laugh at your own hair? Yeah, it won't. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so the biggest, biggest bang for buck anyway, in terms of exercise to increase a, let's say aesthetic appeal, I would say for lads is the lateral raise. Do lateral raise, spam it, do pick a weight that you can do about 15 times and no more without cheating at all and then rest for 30 seconds and then do it again, then rest for 30 seconds, do it again and rest for 30 seconds, do it again. And just look yourself in the mirror after, tense up your shoulders, you'll be very uh, happy with yourself. Another I like is uh, skull crushers. For your triceps. For triceps, yeah, it's easy, easy known crisis legs for arms there i didn't even mention triceps for me that's all i would be hitting is triceps 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 yeah i i think push-ups do a really good job of that and the dumbbell presses do do a good job for that the the best thing i find for triceps is the tricep push down that's what i find i really like using cables because it lets me rotate my wrists as i do it and um, but I, I was listening to a thing by mike metzer and he was saying don't use a rope don't use the rope for um cable pushdowns and uh, he was saying something about like rotation or something like that there like you need to keep it from rotating um, and I was saying the same thing with biceps this is pretty cool try this okay so do this swarm thing and tense your bicep as hard as you can do that all right squeeze your bicep as hard as you can as hard as you can now rotate it this way and squeeze it as hard as you can you feel the difference in how much you can tense well, kind of yeah Part of the bicep um, that it does is basically supination of the wrist or turning your palm up and um, basically saying barbell curls are superior to easy bar curls because part of the bicep is basically stabilizing that and that rotation and when you use a barbell uh, you don't rotate and you have to stabilize it and it engages it way more and i was trying barbell curls after that interesting blew my arms up it was yeah. uh, right so next up i'm going to move swiftly along some of the guys are doing the High Rocks event. Are you aware of this? Yes. So do you know what the event is? Uh, yeah, so it's basically like a CrossFit event, but it's more like um, there's loads of running in it. 
as well. Yeah. So it's like, like do your deadlifts, do your squats, do your thing, go for uh, like three mile run, come back, do all your deadlifts, do other things again. Do I, th- I, th- I think I think it's a one k run in between each each Is it? actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So between each, yeah. So that's really, it's a crossfit thing, but with a heavy focus on running. Any any tips? Well, I'm not a high rocks um, athlete, so uh, I think it would be. Like no, not really, not really, not really. Running's a, I'm not the the best at running. Um, I would say get very strong, and try and turn everything. <laughs> yeah, get try and get as strong as you can, and try and make the weight, move the weights as easy as you possibly can. But like the running throws a throws a big spanner. Like I'm not sure about you, but after I go for a big run, my uh, my legs are done. I don't want to do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. I always feel fresh as fuck after a one k sprint. One k sprint, oh man, <laughs> yeah, no. So well. that's that. Like, I feel like that's just long enough that it would like take everything out of my legs. And then yeah. if I had the squat after, it would be significantly less than I would if I was fresh. So one of the phrases been thrown around by some of the members is compromised running. Compromised running. So that's kind. Of, that's obviously what you're doing. So you're doing. It's actually, it's actually funny. The the flip you put on, you have it as compromised exercises. The guys are framing it as compromised running. So they're worried about the run, whereas you're worried about the run fucking up your lifts. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's interesting. Um, so basically what the guys are, are, are doing is that they are, we're thinking about getting some, some PTs going, obviously, but sports-specific training is always going to be best. So obviously you're going to want to have a great base of both your dynamic CrossFit exercise, like your sled pushes, your wall balls, not sure what probably burpees I'm sure are in there, no doubt. And then you know your 1k run. And so make sure that you're very good at running 1k. So working on intervals is going to be super important. You know, making sure that you can sprint, recover, sprint, recover, sprint, recover. But I think, before I think that. a k is a bit too long for even a sprint. I think if the sorry, you know, quote unquote, it's definitely not a sprint. Definitely yeah, I think, sprint. I think the the hardest part about it is that it's going to be like because when I was looking it up, uh, one of the members said it to me, and um, so one of the things you have to do is like a really heavy uh, sled sprint, and then you have to go for a run after, and like the glycogen is going to be gone out of the muscles, the muscles are going to be completely depleted, and then you have to go for a run after. So it's like the running, I don't think is going to be too fast. I think it's going to be all um, like what whatever you drilled, it's going to be your default motor pattern that comes out, and I think that's important to. Uh, be aware of so you should be trying to train your default motor pattern for your running make sure you have a good run and uh, make sure your hips are open and uh, make sure you're landing nice and soft because when your legs are depleted everything start impact becomes a big factor and um i know that when we did the half marathon i barely fucking trained for it and the impact that i had on my legs great idea <laughs> yeah well like i did three i was look i was training loads in terms of um doing high intensity intervals and all that sort of stuff but doing the the long distance stuff i only did like three sort of long runs and i hated them uh, love them i love them but uh, impact on drained legs is something that i see a lot and i just see it leading to injuries in the knees and the low back and the ankles you need to keep your keep your pep in your step to protect yourself you know we've got a we've got a fairly elite runner Eamon. He's going mm-hmm. to be doing the high rocks, and he's got the exact opposite approach. His whole thing is he is going to make the big difference on the runs. Yeah, of course. Sure, he's one of the he's so, one of the bloody best runners ever. He's unreal. Best runners ever. Yeah, like 
I mean, literally one of the best rooms ever. What's his marathon time? I think three, sub hours? three hours. Sub three hours, yeah. Well, I think it's sub. I think it's sub three hours. Like what? What's the world record? Is it two and a half or something? No. How do people do that? No, I like. I'm not even joking. I think that I, I. I'm really talking on a scooter, but I actually think it's like an hour fifty. Pete, if you're watching this, I would love if you could comment in there so I don't seem like an absolute numpty. Pete has uh, the 29th is, is to Monday. I'm going to have to check this now. Class are normal from hey, Siri. half five from when we're off. Don't ask no. Siri. Ask Peter. We've got Peter, man. Peter's going to tune in here now to be second. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I just thought Siri might come up. Uh, what is the world record for marathon? I'm not going to cry. Oh, Pete's got it. Bump. Two hours, 15 minutes. So, like, absolutely ridiculous. Like, uh, Kenyan Yulid uh, Kipchoge set a world record for the men. Two hours, one minute, and nine seconds. September 25th, 2022. There you go. So, even new, so two hours. So, two hours. So, people's good half marathon time is the world record. Insane. But, again, no surprise there. So, anyway. With, with the high rocks, you know, I, I would assume... If you're if you're going to be doing the high rocks, you should be a fairly decent runner. Like I don't mean a great runner, but you should be at least decent run. Like I mean, you should be able. But to is do it what does decent runner look like? So it's somebody who could do a five k hard. So not somebody who could just about crawl over a five k race. Like if you can run a hard five k, and like you know, for ladies, for ladies, I would say if we want to talk standards for ladies, I would be saying it's like you'd want to be running a sub twenty five five k. And know, for lads. And for your lad, sub twenty one, I would say they, I, in my opinion, they'd be fairly like strong runs. Now, again, obviously, we're talking Actually, elite. What I think for elite, crazy. we're for elite. We're talking ladies, like elite. We're talking ladies, sub twenty one, men, sub nineteen, 18. sub eighteen. Like I mean, like that's that's and so if you, now I again wouldn't necessarily say that you need to be elite to do the high rocks and, and do well in it but you like again running really good like you're going oh just not fit for 5k good luck good luck that's again where you're going to start really running into issues when you're running fatigued and compromised so yeah, i think i think the high rocks is all going to be energy management or energy system management that's what i would say um i would say that you you should get very very good at running and very very good at your lifts um, I think finding the balance between them, that's actually what I was thinking was actually kind of cool because I was looking at this picture and I seen the marathon and I was like, oh, yeah, he's very skinny. And uh, something that happens with you know, runners when they get to get really good at running, they get lighter, to get leaner, to get lighter, to get leaner, and they get less and less muscle. And I think um, being someone who's strong and is able to run like fast is, uh, is an even rarer thing. And that putting them together is actually a really good thing. So I, I that's, think it's something that's that that's what CrossFit is all about, isn't it, really? That's yeah, why you see like the, the, fitter on, the fittest on earth, and like they're they're running at serious clips, and they're looking like mini hulks while they're doing it. Yeah, it's it's actually crazy. It's crazy. It is, and so, so again, obviously that's 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 the kind of road that you're going down if you want to perform well in the high rocks. You're going to have to be a great runner, and you're going to have to be great at your lift. And so again, you have to decide now if you're an excellent runner. It's like maybe you're best looking down, you know, the specific skills and exercises that you're going to be doing on the high rock. Or again, if you're already excellent at your lifts, it's like, well, then you're gonna have to, you know, double down on the running, and vice versa. You know, if you're if you if you're not good at either of those things, it's like, well, then you're gonna have to train both, and you're in for a, you're in for a hell of a camp coming up. Because again, like, there's no you don't need to be a specialist at either one of those things. You could be 
you know, pretty strong at both of them and still then improve both of them. But again, if that is who you are, well, then you're going to want to be doing both of those things in your training. You're going to want to do this, you know, sport specific event. So you're going to want to do wall balls and then go for a K. And, or, and then, or again, maybe you want to work on improving your speed. Maybe you do the wall balls and then you go very, very fast for 500 meters. And so again, you know, you're training the speed not yet quite over the distance and then you slowly push that out and grow the distance and that kind of thing. All right. Don't go on. Chris disagrees. No, 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 no. I don't at all. I'm just going to look up uh, what the Hyrox is because um, I feel like I feel like maybe we're talking about something that we're not 100% certain about. Uh, let's see. Bump on Hyrox. What is Hyrox? Hyrox uh, combines both running and functional workout stations where participants run one kilometer followed by one functional workout station repeated eight times. So there's an AK run. Each race is hosted indoors in expansive exhibition halls, uh, creating an immersive and electrifying race where your spectators can support you from the very beginning to the very end. Uh, this race format remains consistent across the globe, enabling global uh, enabling global leaderboards and a cumulative world championship at the end of each race, uh, accumulating both professional or accommodating both professional athletes and everyday fitness enthusiasts looking to take their training to the next level. High Rocks is the sport event for everyone. Ta-da! Is this is there levels so, to this event? Is, is there is there novos? Is there? Hey, I'm not too sure. There is a leaderboard. So here's the competition. Here's an example. So we got 1,000 meters on the ski erg. A uh, 50 meter sled push, 50 meter sled push, a uh, burpee board, broad jumps, a uh, thousand meter rowing, 200 meter forward carry, sandbag lunges, uh, and then 75 or 100 wall balls. That's your eight stations, and each station, but like between each one of these things, you have to run a kilometer. So, yeah, that seems like it's easy enough. So, maybe then, maybe again, the conversation should shift from 5k to 10k. Like, maybe, you, maybe you'd want to be running a thought, like, obviously. That base level would be a great 5k. Maybe you'd want to be running, you know, a fairly strong 10k, but that is a lot of cardio. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a hell of a lot. But it's it's also like you have a thousand meter row and a thousand meter skiing as well. I don't think a thousand meter row is actually that bad. Like, no, like, don't get me wrong. In combination with everything, like, but it's so like it's not. I think it is after your fourth kilometer of running, and yeah. you've already done a kilometer of uh, skiing. Oh, no, think, listen, I'm not, not saying I'm not saying you're going to sit down on that roar and be absolutely delighted to be on the roar. I'm just saying it's like I don't feel like it's like it's not like it's not like a twenty meter twenty minute roar. That's probably like closer to if you're going at a hard pace, a ten meter. A, no, chase maybe an eight minute roar. Okay, okay, you're back on okay. it. Oh, happy days. Yeah, I got a call from Norway. There you go. Tell Norway I said hello. I have no idea why. Um. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, High Rocks seems absolutely ridiculous. Um, Aaron tries to do it; it's crazy. We and, have a lot of them crazy heads here and fighting for that. Yeah, and um, train best. Oh, here look, and on the website there's a thing for best High Rocks preparation. There you go. Check it out, guys. Check it out. Fifty percent is running. Uh, learn the movement standards. Don't start too fast. Rest, eat, and hydrate. And then find yourself a race. Boom. So uh, I suppose uh, one of one of the next things I wanted really wanted to talk about as well would be uh, a fighting pit white collar. So we've done two of them before. 
we've been saying for the last couple of years, obviously with COVID and all that kind of crack that we were kind of we were going to get another one going. COVID put a, a, a stop to that for two years, and then obviously we opened up the new place. We've been so busy with the level method and trying to create the best program here and trying to find our feet with the two studios and then Stephen and Jenny have their weddings so was an awful lot of organization and preparation needed but I can imagine within the next 16 months that there's going to be another one and so what do you think? Hey, you that's fairly accurate. Yeah I can't, I can't wait I want to see people beat the crap out of each other again that's uh, that's going to be great. I uh, We also have um, a free trial for the boxing program as well if, uh, the, if anyone wants to jump into it um i love coaching the the boxing guys because i love seeing them basically learn go from not being confident at all to basically setting up combinations and setting traps and stuff like that there and uh, it's very 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 cool to see see people get faster and stronger Um i really want like because we're not like a boxing club or whatever like it's you can't really get fights for them you can't really get them see them jump fully in action and uh the white collar is the place to let that happen so if anyone who has been doing the boxing program for the last while and they want to do a uh, white collar, um, I feel bad for whoever they're put against because, like, they're getting good. They're getting very. Well, very realistically, good. realistically, with that, because Chris, you're after turning at least six people off doing the white collar. No, I'm joking. Um, but realistically, the way that it works is when we do pair people up, those people will probably be finding each other if they're yeah. as long as they're reasonable size. And so the way that it goes is all skill based. So nobody who has never set foot in the ring or a boxing class would be fighting someone who Chris is after training for the last 16 months. Yeah, I think, no, I think it's not always going to happen. I think, um, I think they'll be impressed with the standard. That's what I think. I think they'll yeah. be very, very impressed. But uh, I, I think I think the people always were with the, the white colors you had. People were always like, geez, the, like the, even the, the training that we did before because, you know, I, I know what it's like to go into a ring unprepared just myself, just from not doing the work that I should have been doing. I would never let anybody from Fighting Fit do that. And we always got you know, with the coaching that we needed coming up the fights and, you know, we got the pad work and got the sparring. And so I wouldn't, we generally have never in Clanny to work, working with the guys sent people in feeling unprepared. Like I know we've had word not to shit anybody else's white collar, but people have done other people's white collars and said that, you know, just, you know, just kind of did a bit of training, did a few bags, get in there and start scrapping. Whereas what we want to do is we actually want to get people to the point where, you know, they can feel they can do a bit of boxing. Now, that rarely happens. People get into the ring. Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face, kind of thing. But at least you know it's like if you. I, I think here's what I think. I think that if you can get fairly decent at throwing a strong one-two and keeping a tight guard, you could probably win the vast majority of white collars. Yeah. So it's like really <clears throat> keep your shield up, bump, bump. Keep your shield up, bump, bump. Learn a little bit of head movement. But the big issue is when people start lifting the chin. And opening the arms, yeah, overly and aggressive, and just missing. You know, that's that's the big, big problem. And so, we'd love to work with you guys if you are interested in doing a white collar. Um, we'd love to know. Comment below on the video this um, on YouTube if you are if you are watching on YouTube, and let us know if you are a Fight Fit member and you'd be interested in doing a white collar. Let us know because we're gonna stop putting pressure now on Stephen after this wedding to start at least getting the wheels in motion. Yeah, well, I think. Um... Well, one of the things that was said uh, to me about the boxing that we've run is that uh, I've heard it now at least four times where someone has done white collars before, they've done boxing training before in other places, and um, you know the stuff that they learn here is just you know like 
the detail and the drills and like the efficiency at which you can get better and the confidence that you can do what you need to do to improve is like way better than anywhere else to go to, which um, I haven't been to any other places, so I'm not sure. Well, I, 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 from it. I would generally just say it's probably because we charge a little bit more, to be honest. No, well, well, well I would also well, no, say no, that no, I am the co- coach of it and I know exactly what I'm teaching and I have a system but that's, that I approach. But that's my point. My point is, though, that because of the system that we have, we can afford to give people the time and the attention that needed. Whereas an awful lot of other people is like, you could have a coach who has loads of boxing experience and they're barely getting their hands on these people. Whereas like we get them in the gym, you'll get them on the boxing program, we'll get them in clan So it's like it's so many touch points where you're getting that one-on-one attention. And that's how we like to do things. We like to do things where it's like, listen, yes, fair enough. We can get a whole pile load more people and give them a lot less value. It's like, or we can charge a little bit more and people feel like they're getting exactly what they want as opposed to, you know, half a job, Bob. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, no, obviously, obviously. But that's you, just but massive, the, massive credit to you and your coaching, I'm sure. You know, you do just, a fantastic just job. So everyone knows the, the white collar uh, that we do is all for charity and we do not get paid for it. So uh, we do it all, all the donations, all the money that's raised goes to whatever charity we decide. Yeah, but what I mean, what I mean is, I mean is that you know most people, everybody, the vast majority of people who do the fighting set white collar are fighting set members, and by nature that it's like they're getting great strength conditioning. You know, they've got mm-hmm. loads of coaching, they've got coaching on the back end, and then obviously again we 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 go out of our way because it is charity to do the extra hours and the extra sessions. It's not just that we're doing that one thing, and then you know the type of client that we have generally, you know, might get some PTs or trying to get it in there extra, you know, seconds. Like, the, the white collar is something that it really, really is amazing. I think we still have some some DVDs laying about somewhere from the last one. I must must watch it again. Yeah, we absolutely do. So yeah, that's a great crack. I think that's all I have to say this week, Chris. Do you want to add or anything you want to finish off on? Um, no, that's it. Cool, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Fighting Fit Show. I hope you liked this podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. Guys, like this video. Really, really have to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. So that way you get a notification every time we release a video. You are a legend. Thanks so much for listening. As always, guys, we'll see you in the next one.